Hey all, it's The Apothecary, and so for today I have a special episode for you going over a very unknown specialist game, and that is Aeronautica Imperialis. Now, it can also be called Imperialis? I don't know, however you want to say it. <laughs> I think that's a little hard, uh, tricky one to say. Aeronautica always reminds me of something that's like kind of steampunky in a way. Uh, but however, that is not the case. This is definitely not steampunky whatsoever. Um, this game is Air Warfare Battles in the Warhammer 40k universe. This is widely considered Games Workshop's greatest aerial combat specialist game, uh, or game that focuses on aerial combat. Uh, and for those of you who uh, perhaps play Battletech, it has a very similar vibe to it. I would have to say. In fact, if you like Battletech, I think you would like this game. If anything, you might find this game a little lackluster without enough rules. It's a very basic game. Um, it's it's quite easy to get a hold. If I if one goes ahead and shows you the concept of it and the moves to make, it, you can pretty much catch on right away. Uh, essentially the game uses something called maneuver cards in which you'll use those in order to progress your ships and I'll get into that more uh, in a little bit later but let us begin by talking about the base of this so this is a game using six millimeter scale airships from five different factions Imperial, Eldar, Chaos, Orcs and Tau. Um, it is at 6 millimeter scale. That is 1 285ths size. So uh, put that into concept for you. Definitely not a standard uh, 32 millimeter base kind of thing, right? So, <laughs> However, being smaller in size, this game does not lack in fun. It's a very fast-paced game. You usually use roughly three if you're Eldar. To roughly six ships in a standard skirmish, uh, which can also include troop choices depending on the mission. Um, you have you can the missions include standard ones from dogfights where it goes ship to ship to objective grabbing where you can be parachuting or land dropping troops in order to capture objectives however though there is troop choices this very well is a game about being in the air uh, a interesting fact about this game was that it was exclusively created by Forge World. This is Forge World's first and only solely made uh, specialist game. Of course, they have made miniatures for Blood Bowl and Necromunda and other games. Uh, however, this one was exclusively sold by Forge World, which even the book for the rules was sold by Forge World. <laughs> um... That being said, uh, the biggest point to make in this uh, podcast, I guess, with uh, modeling, is that all the models in this set, in the series of uh, in the series of specialist games, are beautiful. Uh, there is never really a complaint to how these models are made. They're always made very nicely, um, and 
In fact, uh, due to being Forge World and being such nice casts, they actually go for a pretty penny. Uh, I went ahead and did a little bit of research on the uh, sold listings on, for Aeronautica. And um, just the bases in itself, within the month, I'm reading sold listings within the month, right? And the bases, without aircraft or anything, sell for over $20, <laughs> And this is sold listings we're talking about here. Um, we have a, a standard bomber being sold at $50. I mean, the, the this game is hard to come by nowadays. I mean, you can find a nice sale here and there if you get lucky. But this is, this is a hard-to-come-by game. And it's very much so because, once again, it was solely made by Forge World. Uh, it wasn't easy to get your hands on. Yeah, originally. Everything's expensive when it comes to Forge World, right? And that was no exception here. Um, another thing to talk about is that this game used something kind of like... Uh, so now, you know, if you are a Battletech fan, sure, you might be into this, or you might not be, because of how uh, lacking in rules it might be, and how lacking in utter complex <laughs> uh, uh, rules that are involved in this. However, uh, Hero Clicks or Action Clicks fans may also notice the Clicks bases on these models. And so now we'll finally get into the mechanics of the actual game. So on these bases you will see a speed and altitude, um, essentially like Clicks bases are included on these miniatures. And on these click bases are included speed and altitude dials, which, as the name suggests, considers how fast you are going, which will dictate the amount of inches that you move, and altitude, which dictates your height and how you can overcome obstacles, go above obstacles, or be in range within shooting another aircraft. The way these click styles move is due to the maneuver cards, mainly, and the, this is your main way of moving. A lot of people will put these on coins, go ahead and, because the thing is you don't, you choose your move, and then when the action phase begins, your opponent sees what that move was, and hopefully you made the right move so that you are in a better position than your opponent to go ahead and strike down some heavy-duty firing power. Um, these maneuver cards, which is how you move, how you perform your actions, can be done after the movement phase or prior to the movement phase. So, and what I mean by that is you can move six inches, then turn, or you can turn and then move six inches. Essentials, if that's a good example, that's the best example I could give for someone who's never played this game. And so, without further ado, let me go ahead and just give you a quick update on those. So, you have low maneuverability cards, which are a straight, a low turn, a power dive, and a side slip. Um, the power dive is a special one in that you roll a d3 and you drop that much in altitude, which can, for Battletech fans, I guess, uh, that can result in an 
crash, an incidental crash, and then that could do damage and possibly destroy your vehicle. Um, a medium maneuverability cards include high G-turn, rolling high G-turn, half loop, wing over dive. Very high maneuverability cards include the ultra high G-turn and the spiral. And uh, another example of the way these cards work is, for instance, the half loop. You will go forward and your plane at the end of it will be facing the opposite direction. Or the low turn, for example, will obviously just turn your plane either right or left as you dive, increase speed, lower altitude, or climb, increase altitude, lower speed. Now this will be the staples to your game and will affect pretty much uh, essentially how the rest of the game works. Now this includes your plane statistics which include a max altitude, how high your plane can climb, thrust, how fast or, or how fast you can slow or increase your speed, um, and your hull points which depending on how you face your enemy is how many shots you can take and uh, damage for. <laughs> Keeping comparatives relevant for Blood, uh, for Blood Bowl <laughs> fans out there, range is very simple. You have short range which is 6 inches, medium range which is 12, and far range which is 18. Um, an interesting fact for this game is each weapon has clip sizes, how many times a weapon can be fired, which is kind of interesting, which uh, leaves the uh, one, I mean if you have a powerful weapon you probably don't want to waste it, um, and two, it leaves the, the fear that you might just be a completely unable uh, plane by the end of it, which with most of them having eight shots and most turns, I mean most games not lasting more than six or seven turns you're usually okay but still it's an interesting concept to think about this game runs on point values to go ahead and build up your aircraft arsenal your aircraft army and so uh, it a standard game usually runs around 100 points and the point uh, system itself is actually rather simple uh, it's usually the plane and then if you're going to add missiles to it. Uh, like I said, this game is very simple. It's an easy game to learn. In fact, I would actually introduce this uh, as probably one of my first specialist games to introduce to a person who has never played a specialist game before. Uh, my top three now, after playing this game with uh, a couple of my friends, is probably, I would say, um, Aeronautica, Imperialis, Space Hulk, and Talisman for my specialist games of recommendation, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, because this game is very fairly simple. Um, it's an aircraft battle game. You use uh, measuring rulers. So you use the turn, the maneuver cards to choose your direction, and then you use the rulers to, uh, to sh dictate how many inches you are moving. Unfortunately, like other specialist games, especially with Games Workshop, this was one that was dropped. Um, it never it continued briefly to implement the Tau, and then after that, it kind of died off. And so you are left with five factions that have models, 
and you're with nothing much else left, it definitely doesn't have the most clean and crisp um, tending to it. It's one of those games that could have a lot more love uh, and tender care. Uh, it's something that I would suggest people to try house rules with if they ever wanted to play it. I would play it standard style first and then go ahead and house rules it uh, in the latter. I think the thing is that with this kind of game, there is something about it that is a lot of fun, that's interesting, especially for even people that don't play specialist games. I feel like this is one of those games like Kill Team. Kill Team is a very Warhammer 40k game. When I play Kill Team, I feel like I'm just playing 40k, but I'm giving backstory to my army before I'm actually fighting people. Like, when you're playing Kill Team, it's like, what, you you know, this is Bob, a space marine with the same specs as a space marine, except we're running him as one space marine. You know, there's not much difference to it. But, so with this, you know, I feel like it's, you know, the same, not the same concept, but a very familiar thing. So if Warhammer 40k player can be like, yeah, this is planes instead of space marines fighting space marines, we're having planes versus planes, right? <laughs> Which, by the way, isn't that always the generic kind of, like, go-to statement? Like, yo, I'm sure going to get someone into 40, uh, that's from, into 40k or Warhammer. I'm going to be like, yo, it's like, Skaven versus, like, Empire. Or, it's like, Space Marine versus Chaos Space Marine. Like, that's how you grip somebody who has never played a specialist game, I feel like, oh yeah, this is like, uh, you know, you, you like, think of Warhammer 40k, but you just eliminate all ground units, and you throw a bunch of planes, and you use those stats, except you move with cards, right man, like, get into it, dude, use the cards, <laughs> I feel like I'm like Yu-Gi-Oh, but in like, Warhammer 40k, it's like some pretty <laughs> legit stuff here, Man, we have just found the the uh, the relevance of Games Workshop and Yu-Gi-Oh. It's Aeronautica Imperialis. Believe in the cards, and you shall find your victory. <laughs> Be that kind of guy, right? Um, in fact, <laughs> speaking of that, and the euthanisms involved, or however you want to quote that, uh, with aeronautica yeah I, every time i think about this game i feel like it's almost like battleship right like you're trying to decide where this guy's gonna be and the thing is it's like is he gonna turn is he gonna backtrack i feel like what would be a smart move is that for any person who like i mean if you were in i don't know the bermuda triangle and for some reason in the Bermuda Triangle now, everyone plays Aeronautica because no one knows what 40k is. I don't know, maybe, right? And everyone plays this, and they're hardened, skilled players. So there's the half loop, or the wing over, which either one, one's a dive, one's a climb, um, faces your plane the opposite direction. If I was playing against a seasoned player, I feel like what I do is I do a bunch of standard straight maneuver cards towards them, and then I would just end up like half looping or wing overing at the last minute and like running away from them and seeing what they do. 
And so in this game, there's a special rule called tailing, which if you're within a foot of the opponent, you can shoot at their backside. So obviously I wouldn't get that far into it, but I would throw them off. I get like 16 inches within them and then back up and then just be that giant troll and hope that something happens of it. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of the times I feel like these kinds of maneuvers are something that people frown upon. But a lot of the times, the thing is, these games are about tactics. And I'm not, you know, okay, some people don't like, they call there's these trolls that, you know, like, you might say, like, oh, a bunch of people that bring knights in. And I know a lot of my, uh, I have four, um, like board game stores if you want to call it that around me and they go ahead and limit knights they say you have to let your opponent know if you use knights because people hate when you use knights because if you're playing a thousand point game someone's wearing a knight you're kind of screwed okay whatever i don't know i don't want to argue that point but what i'm saying is you know that kind of thing is a little bit different than just being a troll and like backfiring and like being a noob like, or like if you play Mordheim and you know you're going against a strong group and you literally retreat the turn, the, uh, you know, or, or Gorka Morka and instead of fighting, you just like stay in the background and wait so, till you can retreat. Like that's, you know, that's kind of lame. But like backing up so that you can like get back in on your opponent and your intent is to still fight, I think that's a little different. I think that's a little bit different than just like retreating. And uh, that's so, um, you know, I think that's not something to be frowned upon. Delaying a game is not something to be frowned upon, especially in miniature warfare. What would you do in real life? You'd probably do something similar if it's going to get you that win. If it's going to net you that win, you're going to do it, right? If we're talking real life scenario stuff, whatever. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And if these are real people, if, if we're supposed to pretend like these people have real brains, then they should use real brains. And uh, I think that's something to consider. If you're going, it's like uh, um, in, uh, right, what is that called? The Prince's Bride, right? You know, right. <laughs> you have killed my father, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it says, the you know, the man does not fear the second greatest swordsman, but the worst swordsman, right? And uh, and I think that's exactly it. Is like if you are not very good, well then show your opponent and be really bad at the game, get them back, right? I don't know. Uh, something about that just just really gets me off and makes me feel like it's gonna do something good. Like we're gonna we're gonna get something out of this. I don't know. Whatever it might be, it's gonna be something. I tell you, something, something. I say something. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I have, I have that to talk about, uh, with that. Um, however, I think another thing to note is how when people play 40k, you really don't think about these things, like the elevation of your plane and if it's going to crash and, and things like that. And I feel like, I guess, you know, I, I myself have played Battletech. I enjoy it to a point. I understand that if you include every single rule there is to Battletech, it is the worst thing imaginable. Because you are including, like, experimental rules. You are using extra thruster jets when you aren't supposed to be using extra thruster jets. So then you have to roll off to see if you're using extra thruster, thruster jets or not. Like, I mean, there there is some insane rules to this game. There is books upon books that are still technically current and technically being the 
accentuated word there. There are so many tournaments to Battletech that each one uses a completely different set of rules. It's it's just out of this world, right? So I'm not saying let's go to that extent, but I feel like when you have these specialist games that go over these cute little rules that you're like, man, like, why don't we use that in a standard game? I ask the same thing. Like, I feel like some of these rules that are implemented into Aeronautica and Alice should be implemented into the 40k universe. I don't know. That's my opinion. You can throw it out the door and say I'm garbage for even s- suggesting it. I don't know. But I think that's interesting. You know, the thing is, like, you should factor those things in. This is supposed to be a real-life battle between real-life people. You know, this is a real-life war, right? Like, in our fantasy world, you know? So, which I'm not diminishing the fact that we're doing a fantasy world. I love 40K. I love Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I love these specialist games. And that's exactly why I'm saying we should go ahead and implement rules like this into those games i feel like it would make it a lot more fun obviously what this the reason why we don't is because we have the introductory crew right the people that want to jump into this game get really into it buy a bunch of models and then stop playing so and that's that is exactly why we can't have these cool rules for all our us hardcore experimental players that really want a full-on war right um it just doesn't work out. <laughs> I forget the percentage, but back in the day, I think it was, I believe it was 40%, and don't quote me on this, um, I'll, I'll have to do some further research on this, 40% of the Citadel miniatures for 40k were purchased by military. And so, like, I mean... The thing was, like, people liked this game for its in-depth rule set and intricacies. And so, games like this were very found and and very uh, um, loved by people. And especially when it comes to, like, Forge World minis and stuff like that, it was very cool. And I feel like now, with the new generation that we're, like, kind of developing in the specialist games genre, right? There's no more room for that, sadly. And I I feel like this is why games like this have died out. Um, We have Aeronautica. We have um, even, like, Mordheim, Gorkamorka. Um... Space Hulk is only alive in video games, really. Um, These games were really in-depth, and we have lost them. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the small miniature sizes in a lot of them. But I feel like games like Aeronautica, these were expensive models. These were no joke. And uh, I I just feel like there's not as much uh, time to be implemented or involved in these games. Because the thing is, is that... Um, I guess we have to focus on one thing instead of a many, because the thing is like, maybe, maybe it's like the workforce, right? <laughs> like we do not have enough time on our break to play these games. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, that, that's a stupid example. But of course, um, I don't know. It's a shame. It's a shame. And I know I'm rambling at this point, but like, I just like, it makes me think like, man, like, why do we not have time to play these specialist games anymore? Like what in our society now makes it so that like, we can only 
spent a day playing 40k and then like we can't spend even like an hour and a half like stopping by like our friend's place to play some aeronautica or some i I don't know some jumanji i don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is but we don't we don't have time for that anymore it's a shame I, i miss that i miss that um you know, I'm 26, and I feel like, uh, you know, I, I had, it, had it stripped for me. It's just like, it's like, you know, like, these games are gone now. You know, I used to play with my buddies, and now it's like, I don't know. Maybe people have too much Netflix on their mind. But, uh, yeah. That, that, that now, I think, at, at this point, this is a talk for another day. <laughs> But um, I really appreciate you guys watching, and I hope to uh, get into this a little bit more. Aeronautica is a really fun game. It's 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 something to try out. I feel like it can be implemented into so many different games too. It's a very solid rule set, if not basic. I will admit it is a very basic game. Um, there is it's just you follow the cards. You follow the cards. You do it. You shoot. And most of the time, it's a 5 or 6 plus on 6-sided dice. Which, I forgot to mention, you are using 6-sided dice in this game. That's it. Use 6-sided dice, and that is it. <laughs> um, and that is how this game is played. Um, and it's a lot of fun. You can play air battles. Um, it's interesting. But without further ado... I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. I really thank you guys for watching. I thank you guys for listening to me ramble on about stupid crap that may not specifically <laughs> uh, correlate to this uh, here episode. However, next, uh, perhaps, next episode, I hope to go ahead and talk about Talisman. We're going to get into Talisman. We are definitely getting having an episode on it. Um, I hope to get my co-host in on that one. We are big Talisman aficionados. That is how we really first met. The first game I ever introduced uh, to her was Talisman. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. We got a bunch of buddies. I even got my mom to play that kind of game. Talisman, that, that is why I go ahead and introduce it. And we will save that for another episode. So, thanks for watching, guys. I really appreciate you. Please stay tuned. And The Apothecary is signing out. You guys take care and enjoy. Thank you.